Hey friends, you're tuned in to another episode of VA Nutrition Coaching, the podcast with me, your host, Verona. If you're new here, welcome to the podcast family. Go ahead and join us on Instagram at VA Nutrition Coaching and also download the free why you're not losing weight even though you're in a calorie deficit four day training program you can go and get that vanutritioncoaching.co.uk forward slash calorie dash deficit course today we're going to be talking about three ways that you can tell whether or not you're emotionally eating or eating out of boredom hey friends welcome to va nutrition coaching the podcast you are tuned in for another weekly episode and i am your host verona and i'm so glad you're here i'm here to give you mindset focused nutrition weight loss advice that you can keep off for the long term it's not about restrictive diets here it's not about cutting out carbohydrates it's definitely not about cutting out your favorite foods in order to lose weight that quite frankly as soon as we've lost it we end up regaining and a little bit more no friends i'm here to give you real talk no nonsense weight loss that you can actually achieve realistically and keep it off i'm a faith-based woman also keeping it real when it comes to weight loss and keeping it real when it comes to nutrition helping you do things you can actually sustain for a long term now friends let's get into today's episode Now, I've been there myself. I've struggled with emotional eating. How many of you know you've had a stressful day? Your stress is up to the nines. The children are playing up. If you, For those of you who have children, partner's not helping. The house is in a mess, but you're expected to cook dinner for the whole family. And then to top it all off, nobody wants what you've cooked. And then your husband goes and orders the whole family a takeaway. And you just don't know what to do with yourself. So whilst everybody is out, whilst everybody has gone to bed, you do what you know best and that's to hide yourself in a large glass of wine, your charcuterie board, your ice cream, your favourite treats, your popcorn, your sweets, your chocolate, all your favourite foods. Or you might decide to have all of them at one time to the point that you're almost sick. Friends, no judgment here. I've been there. I've done the same thing. I want to give you these free signs to know whether or not you're emotionally eating, but not just give you these free signs because chances are, if you are an emotional eater, you kind of already know that you're emotionally eating, but you might not know how to get out of this pattern and this cycle. Now, if you're somebody who struggles with cravings, I actually did a guide to go with these type of podcasts whenever I talk about binge and eating, overeating, especially on the weekends. And you can get that from the website. Also, all of these guides and stuff I will link in in the show notes below, but you can go to the website vanutritioncoaching.co.uk forward slash carb dash cravings. And there you'll be able to get your guide where you'll be able to see it. You have it tangible product. If you want to print it, you can print it off. That would enable you to go through the tips that I don't cover in today's episode. Now, let's do a little exercise. Before we go into the episode, let's do a little bit of an exercise. I want you to take a deep breath. Wherever you are listening, do this with me. Take a deep breath in. And slowly let that breath release. Do it one more time. Breathe in for two, three, four, five. And slowly release out. Sometimes we can get so stressful in our days that we just go, go, go. That we never take time to rest, to reset and just breathe. It can be so hard to do those things because we're so used to busy, 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 go, go, go. But how many of us know that being busy is not a badge of honour? Sometimes we wear that busyness as if it is a badge of honour and we take pride in the fact that we are busy. Look at me, I'm doing so many great and wonderful things. I'm high up on the ladder in my job. I've met so many milestones in my workplace. But if your children are seeing the crown of your head more than they are seeing your face, then that shows that 
it's irrelevant how many accomplishments you've made if your family are suffering. And let's take it one more step. If your body is suffering also. Now, working from home is fantastic. I love working from home. But if you're not moving at your desk, you're sitting for hours and hours and hours constantly doing your work. It's amazing. You may look like the greatest employee, but your health is suffering. Your health, your body, your mind is suffering. The only way that you know how to compensate that is to eat. And now sometimes that happens, that seems to be an automatic response to many who have stressful days is to have something to eat. If you had one of them days, right, where you're trying to do something and then every time that you're trying to do it, you've always done it the same way. But this particular day, you're trying to do this thing exactly the same way, but it is not having it. It's not playing ball. It is not doing what you want it to do in the way that you want to do it. And you get so frustrated, so angry that the biggest thing that you turn to do is it's almost like you can hear the call of the ice cream. You can hear the call of the chocolate. Whatever it is for you, you can hear that calling you in your ear. It's almost like, you know what, that's not going to work, you know. Here, I've got something that will work for you. Now, when you go to that tub of ice cream, when you eat the tub of ice cream and you just kind of gorge through this food, you just eat to the point where sometimes you can't even breathe. There's no taking breaths of air. You're just eating, eating, eating. Why are you eating? Are you eating because your body is actually saying to you, you know what, it's time to eat lunch now? Or has your body got so used to this when your cortisol levels are raised, aka stress, it's used to compensating that fight or flight with something sweet, sour, or foods that you know that you don't really need to be eating at that moment of time. So I'm going to talk about what emotional is before we get into the science to tell that whether or not you are somebody who struggles with emotional eating and you compensate your emotions with food. We need to talk about what it actually is. So when it comes to emotional eating, one of the things that emotional eaters tend to do is they cover up their emotions and the way that they feel with food or alcohol or substances, but it's something you can eat or something that you can drink. And then after a while, your body becomes accustomed to having that thing and dealing with that stress with the particular food that you have. Your brain will start to release endorphins and that adrenaline and those endorphins that release whenever you eat or drink this particular food, it begins to store that as a memory. It will start to respond in a normal way to an abnormal thing. So your brain is not meant to respond to stress with a crave for an endorphin rush. When you have feelings of happiness, when you have feelings of joy, when you have feelings of exercise or something of an accomplishment, then your brain will start to release the feel-good hormone. That's what it's supposed to do. That's the natural reaction. But the unnatural reaction that our brain starts to get accustomed to is when we start to look for those particular types of foods that we like and we enjoy to deal with emotions, whether we're sad, we're angry, we're frustrated or we're lonely. Your brain starts to alter its natural neuron process and it starts to then glean for those things. It starts to remember and trigger out and say to you, right, the last time we went through this, you actually reached for the ice cream. And when you reached for the ice cream, what that did was it started to release endorphins. It started to release hormones. And I actually started to feel good. Let's do that again. Let's do it over and over and over again. And it starts to imbalance. There starts to be an imbalance there. So it's starting to crave things for a normal process in terms of craving for stress. And it's not supposed to do that. That's not how our bodies are designed. But when you start to emotionally eat, that's exactly what you're doing. You are actually responding to the way that your body is feeling at that particular time. And you are responding to it with food, according to how you're feeling in that moment. 
Because when you're tired, you might eat. When you're bored, you might eat. When you're angry, you might eat. And the brain signal when you're tired, it means you need to go to sleep or you need to have rest. Not continue to push through those feelings and ignore those feelings. The natural response if your body is tired is to actually rest. And one of the things to do look at that if you're constantly tired is to see what's going on internally. To see what's happening internally. Not to feed it with sweet treats as we always do or as we often do. Now, when it comes to food, food is there for us to enjoy. Food is enjoyable and we can also use it in different situations, i.e. social settings, to increase that feel-good factor. But when you start to use food to cover your emotions, that's when you start to encounter several different issues. And in fact, you end up having more issues than you would if you had just dealt with the original stress or the original problem initially. And so your brain starts to get used to the fact that this thing, the only thing that can compensate this is food. And that is a vicious cycle that needs to be broken. But this episode is to create awareness and to give you some ideas as to what is happening, but also to give you steps to overcome it. But in order for you to overcome it, it can be hard to actually admit, right, this is the things that I'm doing. And oftentimes we know exactly why we're doing it. And we know that we're avoiding the feelings because the feelings sometimes are just too hard to deal with. But when it comes to the case of fat loss, and when it comes to the case of losing it and keeping it off for a lifetime and sustaining that healthy habit, you have got to put habits in that will get you to that goal. Because if you keep going back to things that don't work for you, you're going to always keep getting the same results that you've all ways got. There's clients that have struggled with the weekends, there's clients that have struggled with emotional eating, there's clients that have struggled with stressful eating. Everybody is at different stages in their lives. Some people don't struggle with stress or emotional eating whatsoever. It might come up for them in a different area. But if you're somebody that's struggling like this, one of the questions that I'm going to ask you is how are you going to break free from that? Now, some of you might be like, well, Verona, that's why I'm listening to this podcast. Quite true. That's very true. But without listening to this podcast, if you didn't listen to this podcast, how would you overcome being an emotional eater? And oftentimes we look for things in everybody else or we go to everybody else to get an answer or to get our quick fix or our next fix. But how about starting internally? How about starting with why do you emotionally eat in the first place? And those things can be deep rooted way back to teens. I'm, I'm not saying that that's going to happen overnight. That's going to take some time. And often that's why we tend to turn to emotional eating all of the time. Because to think the thought of going backwards to have to deal with that traumatic experience that happened years ago in our lives is more daunting than actually just putting a piece of chocolate or the whole bag of chocolate in your mouth and not caring how it tastes or how your body is reacting or responding to it. But it's this thing is taking your mind off of the emotions and the stress that you're feeling. And so the cycle keeps on happening. But if you're somebody who wants to break that cycle, then you have to dig deep in those emotions. And they are not fun to deal with. They are not comfortable. You're going to be stretched all out of your comfort zone. You have to make the decision. If I want to come free, if I want to be able to break free from this emotional cycle, I have to do things that are going to focus on healing as opposed to hindering my journey. Now, here are a couple of signs to tell whether or not that you are a emotional eater. Now, the first, we've kind of touched on it in what we've talked about already. But the first is you're eating as a reward. You use food as a reward. And when it comes to snacks, whether they're fruit, whether they're chocolate, whether it's nuts, whether it's ice cream, whatever it is, oftentimes 
if you have lost three pounds, say for example, you lost three pounds and you start working with me and you lose three pounds. But because before you started working with me, you've got ingrained habits until we work through them. We still start to work through them. So when you start working with me, you lose three pounds. And that has been an amazing, amazing achievement for you. So we're checking in in the midweek. Say we check in, our check-ins are Wednesday. And we're checking in and we're talking about what's been happening this week. And then you share your amazing progress. I mean, I see that your face is beaming. You are so excited because you've been dieting and dieting and dieting. You've become a shareholder of Slimming World. You've become a shareholder of Weight Watchers, Beachbody, all of these things. You're investing your money into these areas, but you're not getting any returns. Now, a shareholder has an equal gain in the profits of a company. So if you're putting into a company, but you're not getting any return on your investment, there's something wrong with the company or there's something wrong with the investment that's happening. So you need to have a look at those two things. Now, when it comes to being invested and over-investing in things, now, because of your history, because of that history, you're a little bit apprehensive, but you took the boldness and you stepped out and you worked with me and said, Verona, I've been listening to you for a while now. I want to work with you. Sign me up. Sign me up. So you sign up and then, right, we're going through the first week and the first week you've lost an incredible three pounds from going from running out of your sins, running out of your points, running out of your coloured containers and feeling like you cannot eat until the next day. There's nothing worse than that. So you starve yourself the rest of the day or even calories. You've run out of calories or you've eaten over your calorie deficit by 5pm and you haven't even had dinner yet. But what you do, you think, okay, I will just wait until the morning. And you continue to do that if you've got 1200 calories. But now that you started working with me, you started to lose three pounds and you're like, oh, come on, come on. And this is Wednesday, we have our check-in. So you're doing, you're feeling fantastic. You're feeling amazing. You start to share this news with your friends. You start to share this with your husband and you're excited about your weight loss goals. And you cannot wait until the weekend to have your cake and eat it. So that's exactly what you do. You say to yourself, the decision that you make, the decision that you choose, you're like, right, I've earned this. I've worked so hard this week. I've worked blimmin' hard this week. I've lost three pounds. Oh my goodness, I deserve a treat. So that's the first sign that you might actually be emotionally eating rather than eating to nourish your body. So you start to feed and feed your body based on your emotions as a reward for you, quote unquote, doing good for the first week of the program. Now, I'm not saying don't enjoy a glass of wine if you're somebody who drinks alcohol. Am I saying don't enjoy a bar of chocolate rather than the little five gram, the little gram of the little square? Am I telling you to not do that? No, that's not what I'm doing. And if you hear that, hear me well now. I am not telling you to cut out any food that you enjoy. What I am saying, if you're trying, if you've listened to this podcast to see or not, or to actually see the tips that you need, if you're an emotional eater, first of all, you need to split this thing because if you start to reward yourself every single time what happens is every Monday you stand back on the scale and then you convince yourself you've gained fat then you're like no this program isn't working this ain't working for me I can't do this I can't handle that how about you take a few steps backwards before you started working with me or or any coach you were ingrained in certain habits and the certain habit that you were ingrained in was this one eating to reward yourself if you did a workout if you lost if you stayed on points or if you lost you know in your weigh-in your weekly weigh-in that you do you lost weight oh my gosh then you go out and celebrate that's the pattern that needs to be broken not the scales not your brain not you but the pattern is how you use food now the second sign to tell whether or not that you are somebody who struggles with eating your emotions is you don't feel like you control food you feel like food controls 
you. Have you ever said to yourself, I just have no control. Whenever there's, there's sweets in the house, I just have no control. The kids lack sweets in their packed lunch, but if I open the snack drawer in the fridge, then I have no control. I've had clients wanted to work with me. I've had clients who have worked with me and said it's my husband's fault because he brought up snacks into the bedroom. I've also had people say, you know what, it's my husband's fault because he breaks bread. Is your husband actually force feeding you? Are you actually being force fed? And if that's the case, if you do answer yes, then you need some external help because that is abuse. That is physical abuse. If that's the case, you do need to get some um, support out elsewhere. But we often say things to justify ourselves or to give ourselves permission to stay the way that we are, even though we don't want to stay the way that we are. But if you feel like you just lack complete self in control, this might actually be an indication that it's a little bit deeper than you think. It's a little bit deeper because it is so ingrained in you and your brain, again, has learned to go to this particular food or this particular thing whenever you're feeling happy, angry, or sad. And you can often feel like, oh my gosh, I have no motivation to lose weight. Willpower is not going to help when it comes to dealing with the emotions. The emotions do need to be talked about. The root cause of it needs to be addressed. All of those things are often deep-rooted and deep-seated, and those are the things that need to be done. One of the ways that you can do this, if you're somebody who is struggling with that and you're, you understand that those feelings are attached to a deeper issue, I would recommend getting some outside additional support and help and some counselling with that. There's nothing wrong with counselling. Counselling has become a little bit taboo. But yes, you can actually get nutrition counselling. And oftentimes it's not the food, but it's the reason behind it and how it makes you feel and what the memories are that are attached to it. That's something that I would recommend if you are somebody who feels like you are controlled by food rather than you controlling food. And the last time that you are, you may be emotionally eating is the most common. Food makes you feel good when you are stressed. Now, I don't know about you, but if you ever had a bad day or if you've been so around somebody that's in a bad mood, it starts to affect you, doesn't it? You start to be like, oh, what's wrong with that person? What's wrong with her? What's wrong with him? Like, you're so grumpy, especially if you're a morning person like me and you come in and you're like, morning, give you, let's go with that example. You know, you've got a morning person right in the office and you have not had your coffee yet. You're tired. The kids were up at night and you're just tired. And somebody comes in like the sun is shining at 12 o'clock midday and it's beaming hot. They come in with that energy and they're like, morning. How's everybody doing? Are you okay this morning? I am that morning person. And it can be so annoying, right? When you've got that person in your head, morning, everything that they're doing, every word that they say, they're singing. How are you this morning? So good to see you this morning. Oh, I really love your outfit this morning. Like, it, it, can, it can actually be, it can actually be really annoying. And it's like, you know what? You know what? she's getting on my nerves or he they're getting on my nerves and I'm like you know what I can't take this yeah how are you are you mm. like right now let me have my coffee even if you tell them to dial it down even if you ask them to dial it down even if you tell them you know what give me five minutes they're like okay every word that they say starts to sing and they mean well us morning people we mean well we're like morning people we're just trying to cheer everybody up but sometimes not everybody wants to be cheered up and so if you're somebody in that mode, that morning person has come and they've irritated you, it then can't, becomes a green light for you to then go to get your comfort foods, all the foods that you like, because you're like, you know what? I need a little bit more than a coffee. Who's got cake? All right, anyone want cake? Right, I'm just stepping out. I'm going to go and buy some snacks for the office. And then you go out, you take a bit of fresh air, and then you get snacks. Me, not, you're not hungry. 
you just haven't had your coffee. You might have had breakfast. You might have had your oats before you left the house or before you start work. You might have had some oats. You might have gone for an early morning swim and then your body's hungry. So you've had breakfast. So it isn't like you need food because you're hungry. It's because you started to get accustomed to responding to stress with food. And these are signs that you struggle with emotional eating. And I've been there. I've eaten to feel better. I've eaten because I'm sad. I've eaten because I'm angry. I've eaten because I'm lonely. And I know my body. I can tell my body is full up to the brim and I can't physically move because everything I'm eating is just causing me more sickness. But I'm I'm angry. I'm angry. I'm lonely. Whatever it is, I'm like, I don't want anything else but food. That's it. I'm not reaching for the food because I'm hungry. I don't need it because I need to sustain my body's energy. I want it because my body has become accustomed to dealing with emotions with food. And the food tastes good. It's not an apple you're reaching for, is it? Because if you're stressed, tell me how many of you reach for an apple. You go into the fruit basket and you're like, apple please, orange please, lemon please. Nobody does that. We don't reach for an apple or a bag of carrots. No one does that. Or we don't reach for a soft glass of water. Absolutely nobody does that. If you are an emotional eater, nobody does that. We don't reach for those things because we're not hungry. Because an apple with some peanut butter will keep you satiated. Some some protein yogurt and some berries will keep you satiated for a couple hours. But if you're choosing to turn that down over a glass of wine or two and some chocolate with lavish chocolate or whatever it is, you can bet your bottom dollar that you're not hungry, but your body and your brain are responding to the emotional cues that have become ingrained. Scientists have done research on this. Now, I don't know why they do it on animals, but they do. But they do test and research on animals. And I think it's it's not something that I agree with. I'm not a monkey. I don't come from a monkey. Um, so I don't believe in evolution um, at all. I don't know why they like to test on lab rats or science rats. Um, I don't know why they like to do it. And that's a particular type of rats they do, they use or mice, white mice with the red eyes. And they do all sorts of things. And science is a little bit wild. Science can be wild. They try to grow limbs in the sides of these rats. And that for me, although I'm not against animal cruelty, that is leave the mice alone. Why are you doing that to the mice? If they're proper groomed mice, they're not like house mice or dirty mice from outside. Why are you doing that? What to prove that you can create another limb? Actually, the only person that can actually do that is God. And that's what I believe as a Christian. That's my Christian belief. And I'm going to stand that. But they tend to, sciences tend to show what they and it's fascinating i and that's how i started to become a coach because it's fascinating how they begin to see these things but it's almost like the scientists believe that they behave very similar to humans why i don't know but I, 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 but but we'll go with it for the purpose of this demonstration that we're talking about now they did experiments on rats and what they did they continued to drip feed rats sugar sugar water two types of rats one had sugar water and one was not not it had no sugar substance to it at all now what they started to notice is they would give the rat the water and then they swapped so they would give the rat that was accustomed to the sugar water or the sugary treats or whatever it was that it wanted then you would find that they didn't want the water they actually come to water they chose not they refused to drink the plain water altogether and then when they gave them back the sugar again they started to act in ways erratic ways that were like oh my gosh give me back my sugar give me back my sugar that experiment was specifically related to sugar and the effects of it that it can have on our bodies the most important thing that it was talking about was the 
thinking and the thought patterns and the neurons that were going on in the brain, which is why they tend to do it on rats because they may say they have a similar thought process. So that is when your brain starts to get accustomed to how your body feels when you have this certain response from the simple carbohydrates that we often turn to to manage our emotions. It's the same sort of thing. If you ever are interested in science, have a look at that. The effects of emotional eating on the body, the effects of emotional eating on the brain. And it's fascinating. Those are some of the the modules that in the updates that I will start to include in the program. But this is the same sort of thing that you tend to do when you're emotional eating is you're not wanting the water, which is great to hydrate you, your hydrate, your body or the apple, the fruit. You're not craving for that. You're craving for the things that have become so ingrained and so habitual. That's what you want because that's what your brain has become accustomed to. And those are the three ways to tell whether or not that you are struggling with emotional eating. And it doesn't have to be with that. If you are somebody who is struggling with that, again, you can look for support uh, with a counselor. You can look for support with a qualified dietitian, a nutritionist, or we can work the nutrition planning session. Those are the people that you can work with to help you with that. If this is something that has become an eating disorder for you, then I would recommend having a conversation with a dietitian, a registered dietitian or somebody that works with supporting you with mental health and the thought process of this. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Can't wait to catch you on the next one. But if you found some value in today's episode, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe and share it with a friend that also needs to hear this message. Friends, don't forget you can reach out to me over on the gram at VA Nutrition Coaching, which is the same on all other social media platforms. If you don't have social media, you can hit me up on email support at VA Nutrition Coaching. If you want to sign up to work with me, either on the group coaching program or the six month coaching program, All of the information is in the show notes below and how you can sign up there. Can't wait to catch you in the next one, friends.